Rubber boots? What does that mean? It's another reason to talk about the Hurricanes, and this time it's because of something that they did on the ice during the game, which is cool. Nobody in Russia is named Craig. That's right, Andrei Svechnikov. And what's up? It's a little bonus action for you here, Siren Sounder Podcast. Is it Monday? Did I lose my calendar? Am I going insane? Probably, if you're really asking yourself those questions, you you might have some issues because don't ask yourself questions out loud. That's a weird thing to do in general, unless you're recording a podcast, in which case it's perfectly normal. Or at least that's what I tell myself when I talk to myself because I'm crazy. Uh, yeah, here we are. Um, if you don't know what the deal is, here's the deal. Uh, I like to do episodes after every playoff game because, uh, I can't miss stuff, you know? You gotta stay relevant. You, you gotta, you gotta put it out there right as it happens. And, uh, I'm a big fan of, you know, content immediately following big events. So, uh, this is what I did last year. Uh, I know a lot of you probably weren't following this podcast last season because it literally started during the Boston season, but what I did to start off was a an, an episode after each playoff game, and unfortunately, it only lasted uh, four games because, or three games really, because the Hurricanes were swept against Boston. But we're not talking about that. Uh, we're talking about this year, 2020. And uh, even though these are the qualifiers, I'm going to start doing it now because uh, I know you want to hear about your team after every game, and um, I can use these episodes to kind of stay focused, break down my thoughts on the games and, and maybe, uh, you know, get you some analysis that you like and you, and you draw something from. So that's what we're doing. Uh, and that's what I will do after every, uh, playoff game or qualifying game, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, just to set the tone again for the episode. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jordan Martinick says it best. Jordan Martin got a goal himself, uh, which was fantastic. But uh, what a game. Um, and, you know, I'm going to just get right to it and kind of, if I had to give a theme to each period, they would be this. First period, survive. Second period, outwork <laughs> is the word I will choose. And third period is just dominate or, you know, destroy will, whatever you want to terminate hope (laughs) that's what the third period was um and you know i can explain all those right here uh first period to be honest uh i thought the rangers won the first period um and i don't really think it was all that much up for debate and i don't mean the score obviously it was 1-1 and that's fantastic the the fast start is great uh svechnikov squeaks one through lundquist that um you know he probably wants back but hey a goal is a goal and it was a good shot um it's not like it was a complete fluke you know there was it was a good Good location to choose under the goalie's arm is always a good spot to shoot. Um, and Svechnikov has a great shot, so, um, you know, not a complete muffin. So uh, I won't fault Lundqvist, you know, all the way, but probably when he wants back regardless. 
So they get off to a hot start, and it was great. But penalties again this game, just like last game you saw, uh, too many penalties right off the bat in the first. And uh, they give the Rangers that five on three. And, you know, look, I know that the Rangers haven't been doing everything offensively in the first uh, couple games here. But if you get Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad and Adam Fox and guys like that out on the ice with a two-man advantage, it's going to be pretty tough to keep the puck out of your net. And it was. And, you know, it wasn't a bad kill. It's just that's what happens five on three when the other team executes. They should score. Really, they should score. Like, it's impot- there will always be lanes open that are dangerous. There will always be. It's impossible to cover all of them. So unless the team does something that makes your life easier as a penalty killer, which sometimes they do, <laughs> um, you know, they're going to score if they execute. The executing is the hard part, but the Rangers certainly executed on that power play. So 1-1. One, one. And, you know, if it weren't for Peter Morozik, it probably would have been a lot more. He played fantastic, and I'll get to that. But in that first period, I mean, it wasn't a bad period, I didn't think, by the Hurricanes, but it was a little lackluster. It wasn't nearly as good as their first period uh, in the first game of the qualifier. And, uh, you know, it was it was relatively even with a slight edge to New York, I thought. So you're going into the first intermission, and you're thinking, all right, well, I knew the Rangers weren't going to just lay down and die in this series. Um, so let's see what the boys have out in the second. You know, the Hurricanes' second periods can be kind of hit or miss. So a little bit to worry about, but then they come out in the second, and, uh, you know, it's not like they blew the doors off, but uh, capitalizing on the power play is always a plus, and the Hurricanes' power play seems to be clicking uh, so far in this postseason, which is huge because uh, the power play would have helped uh, a lot last year win more games where it was really close. Um, you know, you saw the Capitals' power play kind of take advantage of the Hurricanes at times, um, and then you saw the Bruins' power play take advantage of the Hurricanes at times. And the Hurricanes uh, at times couldn't keep up with those special teams units. And so that loses you games a lot when the game's really close. You need your power play to push you over the top, and your penalty kill can do the same thing. Well, the Hurricanes' PK has been really good. Um, Of course, the 5-on-3 goal, you know, again, it's tough. You just can't take that second penalty really is what it is. But the power play has clicked. Uh, It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't anything special. Sebastian Ajo wins a face-off clean, which is fantastic, you know. Ajo at times struggles with faceoffs, so it's always big to get that that clean win on the power play is probably uh, one of the best tools you can have on the power play uh, because it allows you to go right away. You're already a man up. It gives you space. You're guaranteed a good chance if you uh, execute properly. And they did. Puck gets back to Sammy Votnin, who uh, is another player I thought played really well today. Gets it over to Svech. Svech takes a whack at it, and truth be told, he kind of mishit it. Um, you heard Corey Schneider, if you were listening to the NBC broadcast, um, you would have heard Corey Schneider refer to it as kind of a change-up when Henrik Lundqvist was expecting a fastball, and I think that shows if you watch it. Um, it goes into over in a little bit, you know, not not a straight-up clapper, a little bit more of a, of a wobbler, though not, you know, it wasn't a, a knuckle puck by any means, but it was, you know, it was flopping a little bit out there, uh, and I think it caught Lundqvist off guard. He was prepared for a, a hard shot to one area. It kind of fluttered slightly um, like a change-up in baseball. And, you know, he swung through it, and the puck goes into the net. So Andrei Svechnikov nets his second, and just like that, the Hurricanes um, are back at it in the lead. And then very quickly, the fourth line, who's a, another part of the Keem, Keem, whew, there's that, uh, that um, craziness it manifesting itself in making up words. Um, another part of the team that I thought played fantastic, and, and truth be told, we're getting to the larger point here that I thought everyone on the team played really well tonight. Um, but that fourth line was phenomenal. Jordan Martinook, 
Morgan Geeky finally gets a point, deserves it. Um, uh, Brock McGinn played really well. They just play that playoff-style hockey, and you need it. And I think they're going to be a big difference maker. And I, that that line's going nowhere. Sorry, Ryan Dezingle. Uh, you know, I'd love to see him in too, but who do you take out right now? Um, I don't, you know, I'm sure you can name a couple guys, but, um, I don't, I don't see anybody I take out for Dezingle because, uh, this, this action, you know, you need people who are defensively responsible. I think everybody in right now is more defensively responsible than Dezingle. He's probably the weaker link out of the Fords, uh, and Martin Natchez too, but, uh, Martin Natchez has been pretty electric defense or offensively. So that's what, uh, Dezingle would have to provide. And he just hasn't yet this season. And, um, you know, it sucks. I, I would rather see him out there, too, lighting it up like he did with Ottawa. But, uh, you know, you can't just put a guy out there because you want him to be good. He's got to perform or else you're you're holding your team back. So uh, I think smart lineup decisions uh, in this game for sure. But back to the second period, you know, so the first period I said um, survive, which they did. And uh, I forgot to make my point on what that meant. But what I mean by survive is, look, if you want to be a really good, let's call it an elite team, um, you have to be able to win games and, and win periods or at least be even in periods where you're not the better team because it's a long season, it's a long playoffs, it's going to be impossible to completely outplay your opponent in every single period of every single game. It just is. But there's two ways you can either you, you can come out even or better. Uh, from that experience where the other team just has your number a little bit. One is hard work. And the reason for that is because hard work creates luck. You know, luck, I don't think this, puck luck is is a weird thing. You know, Uh, true puck luck to me is that goal by the uh, Coyotes against the Preds, the first one where guy takes a shot, it goes off somebody's skate, it flips up in the air, hits somebody's shoulder, it flutters in the air, and it lands perfectly over your goalie's shoulder into the net. That's puck luck. Like literally, that there's no example that better that better describes puck luck than that. And by the way, fuck the Coyotes for winning that game because I put money on the Preds. Um, but you know, neither here nor there. But Arizona, chill. You know, let let them win for me for my wallet. I need it. And I'm sorry uh, to the Coyotes. I got nothing against Coyotes, but my wallet does. So go Preds, I guess. It is what it is. Anyway, back to the point. I was making uh, hard work is one because you create luck with hard work because you're usually getting pucks to the net. You're outworking guys on the forecheck and that just creates chances. You've seen that time and time again. Um, the other way is through your goaltending. Uh, you know, having a hot goalie, if the other team's outplaying you, but your goalie's just on fire. Last year's Eastern Conference Final, I think Carolina outplayed the Bruins for a decent portion of those games. And Tuka Rask was having none of it. So the Bruins would come out of periods up, and it's deflating. Um, so I think the Hurricanes did both those things. You know, they're, they're always a hard-working team. I haven't seen a single period in any of these games where I would say the team's not working hard enough, and I don't think I will. It's just not a thing that this team has a problem with, is work ethic. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't look for any of that. And Peter Morozik was fantastic tonight. So steals a couple of, of makes a couple of really good saves, robs a few uh, chances. Zibanejad had a chance. Uh, he robbed him. He he made that great save on that one-timer cross crease. Um, he had several good saves. If you remember after uh, last episode on uh, Monday, yesterday, today as I'm recording this, it came out. Uh, but I said that um, 
Morazic didn't have to make any, he didn't make any highlight reel saves and he didn't have to. Well, today he had to. So, uh, and he did. And that, that is, those two things can make a period where you really lost the gameplay end up even on the scoreboard or sometimes better. And they ended up even and that's what you need. Um, so kudos to the Canes for surviving that first period and coming out even. That way, you know, hey, you got outplayed, but just win the next two periods and you win the game. You're still even. So you don't have to make up any ground. That's great. You don't want to be chasing the game, as Rod Brennamore says it a lot, and he's very correct about that. Uh, the theme of the second period was, uh, what did I say? Outwork. Out That's right. That's kind of a dumb one. Uh, but hey, I'm on. this is stream of consciousness. You know, I'm just going after the game. So um, they outworked him, and they outworked him on that power play. It didn't take much, but the faceoff win is outworking. Um, you know, Svech gets the goal. The fourth line is the epitome of that. Outworked them. Um, and, you know, in the defensive end, they just kept New York on the outside. Obviously, Peter Morazic was great, made the saves when he needed to, made a few big saves. Um, but I thought, again, Carolina's defense was good, uh, and their team defense in general was good. So in the second period, you're able to extend the lead simply by outworking them and not making a lot of mistakes and not taking all those penalties. Outworking without taking penalties is a big deal because I think we see the Hurricanes take a lot of penalties because they're such an aggressive forechecking team. Uh, you know, it's just bound to happen. But if you can avoid those penalties and sustain that hard pressure, uh, that leads to periods like the second period of Game 2 in the qualifier against the Rangers. Third period, theme of that period, outwill, crush hope. That's what happened in that period. You hear me talk time and time again. If you listen to the show, you know the phrase I use, shut it down. That is what the Canes did so successfully in the third period. It was fantastic. I like watching that when it's my team at least, I like watching my team do that well uh, better than, you know, lighting up a team 9-1. to one. I mean, that's entertaining, but I, I just love seeing a team have a lead and just say, like, you are not even coming close. We are just going to dominate you this period. The Hurricanes made almost zero mistakes. Every single line was clicking. Um, they got every puck deep they needed to. They were getting pucks out of their end with ease. Peter Morazic, again, was good. Uh, covered pucks when he needed to, got whistles when he needed to, fantastic. The D gave up very little chances, um, got the puck out relatively easily whenever they needed to, kept the puck deep. The forwards kept the puck in the offensive zone, um, but they just played smart. They weren't going to let the Rangers take anything, and that's a smart way to play a third period when you're up 3-1. to one. That's why you work so hard in that first and second period to build a lead Going into the third with a lead is so important, especially a two-goal lead, because a two-goal lead, if you shut it down correctly and you and you play smart in the neutral zone and get pucks out of your own end, you get some good goaltending, it's almost a guarantee you're going to get the win, unless you make a major mistake um, or unless your goalie lets in a soft one, which, you know, even then, you've got a buffer. You're up by two. You're allowed to let in one goal. So even if you make one mistake, like you have to make multiple mistakes. Um, so the Hurricanes did that so well. Again, I'll point out that fourth line. Played phenomenal. They got lots of playing time. You saw it this game as compared to last game. Without the million penalties, um, you were able to put that fourth line out more, and I think you saw the effects, you know, the grinding effects of wearing down the Rangers. And really, that's so frustrating as a team. When you just know we're down, we don't have a lot of time left, we haven't been, you know, blowing the doors off of anyone offensively already in this game, and... Now here this team is just kind of sitting back, you know, almost willing us to come at them. It was just a, a really impressive uh, outing. Um, you know, I thought that 
everyone on D played well. Um, Jake Gardner, I thought especially, has had a great series so far. Um, you see that in his playing time. It's a lot of playing time for a third pair. Um, Flory was good. I thought he was better in game one, but still, um, you know, nothing I can point out to say that guy needs to come out. Um, now I would understand if Brendan Moore works in Van Riemsdyk at some point, whether he takes out, uh, Joel Edmondson or Hayden Flurry, you know, I don't know. Uh, that's his decision, but, um, you know, it's a good place to be. I understand there's going to be people upset if Hayden Flurry comes out, but look at it this way. That's a good place to be. Hayden Flurry's done nothing wrong and you're subbing someone else in just to keep them fresh. That's a good place to be having seven defensemen to where you can pull a guy out and give him a rest when he's done nothing wrong. You don't want to have to be replacing people who suck <laughs> with people, you know, in the reserves that probably are worse. Like, that's that's not a good situation. That's not the situation the Hurricanes are in. And it would be the same thing with the Fords. Um, you know, Ryan Dezingle's done nothing wrong. So him getting in isn't a bad thing um, if, he, if he's able to sub in for somebody and just get some work. Um, I don't know that you change that. I don't even know that I, I change it on D either. I don't think I change anything if I'm Ron Brendamore. Uh, the only thing I consider is working in James Reimer. Um, but man, after the game that Peter Morozik had today, tough. That's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be really tough to do because he was so good and because uh, Tuesday's game is at 8 o'clock and the Monday game being at noon, I mean, it's not a, it's not like you're just turning around and playing again. And it's not like you're going anywhere. You're sitting in the same spot. So it's not going to be a big deal if Peter Morazic, uh plays again. But do you want to do you want to wear your goalie out right off the bat? Now, if you win that next game, you get a, a little break. So, uh, you know, I say go with Morazic again. But I'll say it like I've said it before. If you want to go with Ryan, it's a good another <laughs> situation where it's a good position to be in. The Hurricanes have depth right now. Um, if you want to work in Reimer, uh, I think it gets him some reps, and I think that's great. I think the team plays very well in front of. Peter Morazic, I think the team plays very well in front of James Reimer. So uh, they're they're clicking right now, and it's great to see. So that's how this game went. Um, the Ajo play where he stole it uh, from, I think it was Truba even on the point. Maybe not, but if I'm wrong, no one will look it up, so it doesn't matter. Um, actually, you probably will because it's in like every highlight ever, but Sebastian Ajo steals it from uh, whoever that was on the point. Pretty sure it was Truba. We're going to go with Truba. If you speak it confidently, people will believe it's true. So it was Jacob Truba. Um, and, you know, great two-on-one play. Works it to the backhand to get the, the lane open. Feeds it across to Svechnikov, and Svech isn't going to miss that. Hat-trick, first uh, hat-trick, postseason hat-trick in Kane's franchise history. Um, you love to see that. You love to see Andrei Svechnikov doing it as a 20-year-old. Um, and Svechnikov... Everyone's been good on the Fords, I, I think. But particularly, Andrei Svechnikov and Sebastian Ajo have been elite. And if that's the case going into you know the actual playoff rounds, if the Hurricanes are able to pick up the last win they need to make it out of this qualifier, which I'm pretty confident that they're going to be able to do, um, man, if you have those two guys rolling the way they have been in this series, you can be anybody. And you can beat anybody relatively easily. All you need is your goaltending to be solid. doesn't need to be spectacular. It just needs to be solid. And, um, you know, stay healthy. <laughs> and a little bit of depth scoring, you know, so if Vincent Trocek continues playing well, which I he didn't stand out quite as much this game as he did in game one or the exhibition, but um, it's not like that just goes away. So um, 
you know, and like I said, the fourth line's been really good. Those are going to be the difference makers. So we're looking good is what I'm saying. And uh, to all the Rangers fans that said this was going to be an easy series and guaranteeing that the Rangers got it, how do you feel now? How do you feel? Yes, Rich, mother of you, That's right, all the drops on your ass. I don't want to hear it. We're just better at the game. Thanks for playing, New York. I don't want to talk too much shit. Uh, series isn't over yet. New York might win the next game. Whatever. Canes are taking it, baby. Canes are taking it. We're getting out of here. And I'm getting out of here. It's been 20 minutes. Thanks for sticking around. There will be, uh, be an episode tomorrow as well after... Uh, this uh, big old thing called Game 3 happens. And hopefully the Hurricanes bring their brooms to Toronto. Um, but hopefully they avoid the, the post-sweep curse of last season if they do sweep. So uh, good luck, Canes, in Game 3. I'll be here recording away after that one. So thanks if you listen to this one. Like, share, do all the things. Uh, appreciate it. Later.